You're listening to the podcast Unstoppable and Smashing It. I am your host, Jane Fleming, and I am passionate about helping you to overcome your limiting beliefs, feelings of imposter syndrome, and build that inner confidence so you can achieve better results across all areas of your life. I will be sharing tips and tools that you can start to put into practice straight away. It's time to remove that glass ceiling we put over ourselves. So sit back, grab a coffee or wine, and let's get started. Welcome everybody to episode eight, and this is five questions to ask your imposter. So I know we have touched on imposter syndrome in a previous episode, but I was listening to someone speak the other day and he was telling his story. And this is someone who is very successful in their field, has a thriving business, but the situation that he was describing, the more I listened to it, I thought he what he What was happening in that moment was he was experiencing feelings of imposter syndrome. So I thought in this episode, we would delve into it because just because you have imposter syndrome, it doesn't mean that you're going to have it forever. But as I've said before, researchers have shown that at least 70% of the population have experienced feelings of imposter syndrome at some point in their life. So you may only have experienced it once. But what I want to do today is if you've never experienced those feelings up until now, brilliant. If you have experienced them the odd time or continually experiencing them or maybe sometime in the future it might come up for you then I want you to ask yourself these five questions that we're going to focus on today. Now just a brief recap what is imposter syndrome? It's basically a psychological pattern when individuals are experiencing thoughts which are not really factual reality. It's like having a false self-image, which has us questioning and doubting our skills, doubting any accomplishments that we've achieved, doubting and questioning our own capabilities. And this inner self-critic can sometimes be very persistent and very loud, making us basically feel like we're a fraud in whatever field that we're in. And when we are feeling like a fraud, it can have us doubting any successes that we've experienced, any accomplishments that we've achieved, and any even positive feedback that we get from other people. I'm funny, I was watching, I don't know if anybody has seen it, um, the episode Breakpoint on Netflix. It focuses on the top tennis players. And there was a female tennis player and she was given an interview where she was voicing how she was questioning whether she was good enough. 
And she was even questioning whether or not she deserved to be where she was. She was focusing on the bad matches that she had or maybe the per shot that she had played. And her name was Paula Babosa. Now, at the time of recording that Netflix series, Paula Babosa was number two in the world. And yet here she was questioning her ability, questioning her skills, and questioning her place in the tennis world. And that's what those feelings of imposter syndrome and feeling like a fraud can do. We can ignore what's factual reality and have this unrealistic and false self-image of ourselves and our capabilities. She was experiencing that, who am I to be sitting here as world number two? And I'm feeling that I'm sure a lot of people who have experienced imposter syndrome can relate to. Who am I to get that job? Who am I to get that promotion? Who am I to give that presentation? Who am I to show up on social media? And those who experience these feelings of imposter syndrome, like myself, and I've been guilty of this in the past, will then enter this cycle of beating ourselves up and being our own worst critic. Now, as I said, we have discussed imposter syndrome in an earlier episode, so I would encourage you to go back and listen to that because we talked about how much it can affect us. So I'm not going to go into too much detail here, but I just want to summarize how feelings of imposter syndrome can basically stop us from going for those promotions at work. Stop us from applying for the jobs that we want unless we meet absolutely every single criteria and more. It can stop us from basically taking action on things, causing us to procrastinate because maybe we have that fear of failure. We're afraid to make a mistake or make a wrong move in case we're, we literally end up confirming all those limiting beliefs that we hold about ourselves. So we put off what it is that we have to do. We put off taking the action. It's not about being lazy. It's about that imposter within taking over and being in control. Now, when we experience those feelings of imposter syndrome, it can also cause us to take on more work and more tasks than we can possibly handle because we want to prove that we're worthy to be in the position that we're in, that we can do it. And what that leads to then is burnout eventually. And we can often then start to engage as well in compulsive behavior. So, and again, I've, I've said this before, I would have been very much guilty of thinking, I need to do more courses. I need to study this. I need to get this certificate. And we can become very compulsive with that. 
we, we feel that we need to read all the books. We need to gather more information, more knowledge to try and achieve that validation and those credentials we're so desperately thinking that we need. But guess what? Just because you feel like an imposter, it doesn't mean you are one. And I want to say that again. Just because there's times in your life that you're feeling like an imposter, it doesn't mean that you are one. Those feelings of self-doubt, feeling like you're not good enough or experiencing enough or knowledgeable enough and feeling like a, a fraud, it's not a true reflection of who you are. It's a distorted false image that you're holding of yourself. And for some people, this false image can be constant, but for others, like I said, those feelings, they can come and go throughout your life and throughout your career. Now, they do tend to rise up whenever we're about to stretch ourselves, when we're about to step out of our comfort zones, especially when we're about to do something we've never done before. And I always remember about a year ago, I was asked to speak to a group of university graduates and I was amongst four other guest speakers. Now, this is something I've been wanting to do, okay? I wanted, whenever I started my business, one of my goals was to be a keynote speaker, okay? I wanted to go and do presentations. I wanted to speak to groups of people. I wanted to get up on stage and talk about mindset and imposter syndrome and how we can achieve our goals. That was one of the things that I wanted. And despite writing this out all the time and despite visualizing it and me in that role, the minute I was asked to do it, Bam, those feelings of imposter syndrome came up. It was like, I can't do this. I, I, I can't do this. I can't stand up with four other speakers. Who am I? See, back to that whole, who am I again? I can't do that. And I had to catch myself. I was like, hold on a minute. You have been asking for this. And now it has shown up because that's what happens. You know, when you put that out to the universe and you do the work and then it comes back at you, you can't then turn around and go, mm, no, that's not for me. I'm not going to do it anymore. I had to say yes. But that was a time where it was going to stretch me. I'd never done it before. But even in that moment, those feelings came up straight away. But I was able to acknowledge it. I was aware of what was happening. And I was like, go, no, not today. So whenever those feelings start to rise up for you, to gain a more realistic perception of what is actually going on, I want to encourage you to ask yourself the following five questions. So number one, what does the actual evidence tell you? 
Now, it's a good reminder that your thoughts are not facts. And we can be guilty of convincing ourselves that the inaccurate and often false thoughts about our lack of capabilities are true. And then we'll search for evidence to try and support this theory. Now, going back to Paula Babosa, the tennis player, she was fixating on the match that she lost or the, and the bad shot that she had played and ignoring the many matches that she had won prior to that. So look at the facts. Focus only on the facts. And what are the facts telling you? Question number two. Is there someone you can talk to who you trust? You know that saying, a problem shared is a problem halved. Is there someone, maybe it could be a friend, it could be a work colleague, it could be a mentor, who can help you to gain a more balanced perspective and stop allowing that inner critic to run away with itself. To bring your thinking back to neutral so that we're not escalating those negative thoughts in our mind. That they can look from the outside within and can often see more than what we can see when that inner critic is being very loud. The third question, are your expectations realistic? Now, it is very common for people who experience feelings of imposter syndrome on a regular basis to set very high expectations on themselves. They set the bar so high that they'll either experience burnout on the way to reaching those heights, or even when they get there, it still won't be enough because they're likely to believe and think that they could have done better. So expecting that 100% success every single time, it can be exhausting. And this pressure, as I said, will only lead to burnout. So it's important to adjust our standards for success. And something I encourage my clients to do all the time is to focus and reflect on the progress as opposed to the outcome. Because whenever we do that, we start enjoying it more. We take the pressure off. And quite often, what you'll find is, as you're enjoying the process more, the outcomes will come anyway. So look at what expectations you're putting on yourself and start enjoying the process. Question number four. Ask yourself, what is it you are afraid of? Is it fear? Is it success? Is it visibility? Are you fearful of other people's opinions? Whatever it is you're afraid of, it will lead to self-sabotaging behaviours, either consciously or subconsciously. 
You will do things or you'll not do things because of that underlying fear. So until you know what it is that you're fearful of, you can't really address it and move on. So be honest with yourself. This is where the self-awareness comes in. Because when we, whenever we develop that understanding of what it is that we're truly afraid of, we can stop ourselves spiraling into that self-criticism. And reframing is such a powerful strategy. For example, take the fear of failure. Reframing it and seeing it as an opportunity to grow and learn from will lead to success later on. Like this week, we have just come back from a huge football tournament that is held every year in my city. And there's something like 600 teams that play in it. It's absolutely amazing. It's one of the best weeks. And my son was playing in it. And his team won eight matches out of 10. One they drew on and they lost the other. Which is brilliant. Such a great achievement. And they were buzzing. But the match that they're going to learn the most from is the one that they lost. It's from that match that they're going to look at what could we have done better. Now, I'm sure the coach does that for all the matches and how they can improve every single game. But particularly in those matches that they lose, that's when we can learn the most. So by changing how we look at fear of anything, by reframing it, it can help us push past that fear. And we can do that with anything. Number five, ask yourself, when those times when that inner critic is starting to get loud, would you speak to your friend or even your child like that, the same way that you're speaking to yourself? Now, I can guarantee 100% of the time, you probably wouldn't. You just wouldn't because you know it's not very nice or kind to do so. And two, what that inner critic is saying, deep down logically, it's likely not to be true. And you know that, so you won't say it to a friend or a loved one. So start being kind to yourself. Now, we talk a lot about doing more work. And this is when you look at yourself in the eye and you say nice, empowering things about yourself to yourself. And if, like me at the beginning, you find this really cringe, then imagine that you're having a conversation with a friend. When you're looking at yourself in the mirror, Imagine you're talking to your friend. What would you say to them? By doing this, it will give you a different perspective. And I promise you, the more you do it, the easier it becomes. 
And then before you know it, all those kind things, all those empowering statements that you're saying about yourself to yourself, you'll soon be shouting it from the rooftops. Now, you may laugh, but it is true. And I would love if anybody does take on board what I'm suggesting and they do try and do this and not try, but they do do it. And you practice doing that mirror work every day. After 30 days, I would love for you to send me a message and tell me how you feel after 30 days of doing that. So just to recap, the five questions that you want to ask that imposter when those feelings start to come up for you. One, what does the actual evidence tell you? Two, can you speak to someone about how you're feeling? Three, are you setting yourself realistic expectations? Four, what is it you're afraid of? And five, would you talk to someone you care about like you speak to yourself? Now, if any of this resonates, please, as usual, like, comment, share, subscribe, or even leave a review. And I also want to leave you with, um, according to Valerie Young, if anyone has ever heard of Valerie Young or read her books, she came up with five types of imposter syndrome. And if you want to find out which one you fall into, then check out the quiz that I've created and it will be in the show notes, okay? So go down to the link and the quiz will literally just take you a couple of minutes and find out what type of imposter syndrome, imposter type, resonates with you the most so until the next episode have an amazing week and i will chat to you later